Warning, the following podcast contains adult language. I don't know how old the language is, but it is definitely old enough to cuss. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Satellites and Shit. And now, The Scathing Atheist. This is Jody from Florida, home of Matt Gates and Ron DeSantis. But I'm saying hello from the blue dot of Orlando, Florida, home of Val Demings and Anna fucking Escamani. This is proof that we did indeed evolve from filthy monkey men into powerful badass women. It's December 30th. And this is your last chance to blame 2021 for all the shitty stuff. So act now. I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Marjorie Terrell Bosnick's New Jersey. Fuck yeah. Ann Arbor, Michigan and Waycross, Georgia. This is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Baby Baphomet boosts some blood pressure. If you've ever said, let's go Brandon, unironically, you can go let's yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And Anna will be here to play 2021 off. But first, the diatribe. Okay, okay, this should be the only argument we ever need. If Christianity is right, if, if any of the Abrahamic religions are right, in fact, 2021 was on purpose. Oh, fucking thing. 2020, 2019, all that shit, all of it on purpose. God saw that coming because, of course, he's all knowing and he didn't adjust his plans. He planned to make 2021 happen. Now, I, I know the people who came up with Jehovah didn't know about 2021 when they were coming up with it, but it's not like 2021 is uniquely terrible, might be uniquely terrible in many of our lives, but you know, as far as historical plagues go, we're not doing all that bad. And plagues were very much a thing when they came up with Jehovah. They mentioned them in the book several times. See, I think about that shit a lot. The very nature of the religions that we're pitted against makes our job so much easier. But right, like it's not like the problem of evil just naturally arises out of God belief. It only shows up if you believe in this singular, all powerful, all loving, all knowing God. It, along with nine out of every ten contradictions that atheists bring up, just disappear if you switch up your theology. And yet, they went with the concept of God that would seem hokey in the MCU. Why? I, I, I mean, think about all the varieties that were already there for the taking. My job would be so much harder if Christian God just had some kind of kryptonite. Why doesn't God get rid of cancer? Kryptonite, boom, argument thwarted. Give him a weakness or a limit on his power somewhere, and you can hide pretty much any inconvenient question that you want behind it. Sure, that might seem disingenuous, but it's a hell of a lot more intellectually satisfying than the mysterious ways gambit that they're using now. Or even better yet, why not have an equally powerful bad guy? I mean, I know Christianity has a bad guy, but they managed to do it in a way that makes their God less logical. If you balance God out with an equally powerful or, you know, even ever so slightly less powerful bad guy God, once again, you thwarted the bulk of my arguments. Why doesn't God get rid of cancer? Bad guy God beat him on that one. Boom. Argument diffused. But instead, 
They go with a bad guy God that's their God's creation. And not only that, but like his ongoing employee. They can't say, well, Satan created cancer without inviting the obvious rejoinder of like, well, then why didn't God just tell him no that time? And no cancer like or or what about you could just go with a pantheon i mean that still doesn't help if you insist on your god being omnipotent omniscient and omnibenevolent but if you add a bunch of lesser gods with their own sordid motives you can at least get two out of those three in one god and give the third to another guy right the, the results are still pretty much the same if you're the priest i mean even better now since supplicants have to give offerings to two or three gods instead of just one and of course at the same time you've wiped out many of the most pesky contradictions in the monotheistic worldview but of course as bizarre as this seems to people like us there are more important considerations than whether or not your assertion defies the very laws of logic there shouldn't be but clearly there are because both Christianity and Islam rose to the top in a survival of the fittest type battle between all the various religions. Pantheism, dualism, slightly less than omnipotent monotheism, those were all on the table when this fight was happening. They didn't win. So why do people accept it? Now, obviously, some of the answer here is that, you know, people with more power beat them into it. And, and that, you know, that's true. The fact that we have the ability to pick our religious orientation like it was a buffet is a bit of a historical oddity, but it's not unique. And, and religion is so intensely personal that even under the most repressive regimes, people often sway from their prescribed beliefs. And so to some degree, people did choose this system over the others. Not all of them, not all of the time, but over time, enough people flocked this way to make it self-perpetuating. Of course, you might be tempted to write this off as a simple case of bigger versus smaller. If the religion down the street is selling an omnipotent God and you're selling a mostly omnipotent one, you're going to feel compelled to upgrade. But that can only be the case if people are more driven by God's power than his plausibility. Right. So let's swap out the bullshit here. Let's say that you and I are both selling dietary supplements across the street from each other. I say on my advertisements that mine can take off 10 pounds in 10 days. So you put up a sign that says that yours can take off 12 pounds in nine days. Now, we're both making shit up, so I may very well escalate things from here, but neither of us are ever going to claim that our supplement takes off infinity pounds in zero days. There's a point where the plausibility has to overtake the potency, even when you're talking about bullshit. So why doesn't that happen with religion? Now, one possible explanation, of course, is that even the slightest of God claims slips the bounds of plausibility altogether, and from then on, it's just, you know, Infinity plus one versus infinity plus infinity. Well, that last one's much higher. Now, I'll admit that's not the only possible explanation. I don't want to gloss over the whole people didn't always choose their religion thing too much. It may very well be that churches just killed off the rest of the pantheon for the same reason that a despot's son kills off all the rival heirs. Now, the fucking Catholic Church had to keep a close eye on the popularity of saints for a long time to actively discourage their worship because it was a potential threat to the centrality of their power to even give someone the ability to bump your prayer to the front of the line. And, and that may be a sufficient explanation for the history, but that still leaves the lingering question about the present. And, and let's face it, honestly, when the question is, why would people believe in something that's logically impossible? There's no answer that's going to exonerate them. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the 20 and 20 to my two Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to see what chapter three of this decade has in store for us? 
Uh, I don't know, Noah. Last time there was an eventful early 20s, a world war followed. So, no? What? Uh, I don't know. Which world war? I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't called that yet. But, like, I'm thinking we get, uh, you know, a sensible, pragmatic American left doing the right thing and turning out for the midterms in 2020. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about the news. Let's do the news. Now, in 2020. In our lead story tonight, even NASA decided to get in on the Spider-Man fandom this week by naming their new rocket ship after the web slinger himself. Though, nobody tell them it's Peter Parker and not James. Eli, Eli, what the hell are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing the lead story. About the James Webb Space Telescope that I've been wanting to talk about since they started working on the damn thing 25 years ago? I'm pretty sure it's actually a rocket ship, Noah. It sounds badly. Interest A, do you see that over there? Oh, what? You had a chance to look at the damn thing up close and you passed on that for a restaurant, for a lunch restaurant. You're a fucking vegan. Worth it. It was worth it. No, it wasn't. In our lead story tonight, we can only wish the James Webb Space Telescope was named (laughs) after Spider-Man, actually. (laughs) In reality, it's named after a notorious homophobe who oversaw NASA during the so-called Lavender Scare in which the Truman administration demoted or fired everyone suspected of ever having a same-sex relationship at any point in their lives. And even after a scientific American pointed that out and said, hey, you guys want to take a mulligan on that telescope's name? We'll give you a mulligan. NASA decided to double down because the Caucasian male boomer making that decision doesn't think old white guys should be held accountable for their past bigotries. (laughs) So weird that he would. We wanted to hit into that trap. We like that. (laughs) We like our trap that we're in. But despite the controversial name, the telescope itself is on the short list of coolest things ever built by humanity, along with the ISS, the LHC, and the air fryer. Okay, well, I'm going to add one more. That flu that mostly kills Republicans is a pretty great okay, invention. We're not you guys, there's to- a lot of mass death, but you know, uh, that, the Hess <laughs> truck's pretty sweet. <laughs> NASA, NASA, listen up. You nailed it with optimistic nouns, guys. You got to stick to your optimistic nouns. So, no, of course, if you've read anything about the James Webb launch over the last week or so, you're bound to have read about the cost. And for some reason, when we're spending the money to advance human knowledge, the media always puts the price tag in the goddamn headlines. So weird that they don't do that with wars (laughs) or anything. It's a very good point. Yeah, I can't help but feel like we would have been less impressed by shock and awe if they'd called it, you know, the education budget of North and South Carolina. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I'm fine. If that what you just said now is the name of the telescope, that's fine with me. As long as it's also called the uh, 44 years of the entire federal education budget in Afghanistan. There you go. Instead of the war in Afghanistan. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the, the telescope was originally slated to be finished in 2007 with a budget of $500 million. It ended up coming in at almost 20 times that price and taking an extra 11 years to build, plus another five years to test, because holy fuck, if anything goes wrong with it it, at all, it's going to be too far away for us to do anything about. We might be able to take a picture of of it with Hubble, maybe, and see what went wrong. I don't know. But but all the testing seems to have paid off, because so far, everything's gone perfectly, or at least everything mechanical has gone perfectly. The otherwise flawless launch ceremony was marred by human error in the form of the NASA administrator invoking the goddamn Bible in the middle of his post-launch address. Fuck you. Oh, really, Bill? 
what the pinnacle of science moment needed was a book that admits its God is no match for Iron Chariot. <laughs> you're, you're literally launching a device that goes past the firmament at the edge of the universe beyond that and then takes pictures for a photo album called The Bible is Wrong. What yeah. the fuck yeah. are you doing? Right, right. So yeah, former astronaut and good universe governor of Florida, Bill Nelson, started off his commemoration by highlighting the worldwide team that put the telescope together and launched it, as well as the universal questions it's built to help answer. And then he spent the last half of the thing shitting all over that message of inclusivity by talking about religious bullshit. Specifically, he quoted Psalm 19, which opens, quote, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork, end quote. <laughs> he even mentioned it. Right. Mentioned yeah. That's the fake thing. He right. mentioned the thing that makes it so extra dumb. That's amazing. There's even translations that don't use that silly ass term, but no. <laughs> and by the way, he didn't quote this part, but the psalm then goes on to talk about how pure it is to fear God and how important it is to keep your slaves from falling into small sins. And then in a bizarrely self-defeating effort to tell only the 70% of the world that believes in a higher power that he's including 100% of the people when he says this, he closed by saying, quote, God bless you and God bless planet Earth, end quote. And mom really <laughs> is grateful for all her children. Doesn't even have a favorite. <laughs> right. You are low maintenance. You definitely are. <laughs> now, look, th this is a show about atheism, so I'm not going to go into a bunch of details about what exactly makes the James Webb Space Telescope awesome, but if you're not already aware, I'd strongly urge you to read up on it, watch a video or two. It is a truly incredible piece of machinery that's going to allow us to see light so far away that we'll get to witness the birth of the first galaxies. And I'll tell you what, if the pictures we get back happen to show Jehovah slaving over top of him with a ruler and some modeling glue, I'll be the first to issue a form of fucking apology, right? But until then, maybe we leave all the Jesus shit out of the science speeches. Okay, but, but, fun game, listener. If you want to test how superstitious your science nerd friends really are, start loudly talking about how perfectly everything is going to go till they beat you unconscious. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's definitely true. You could be like, there is... No way that heat shield tears. There's no way. You say that enough times. They get rabbit footy real fucking quick uh, yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> They'll tell you yeah. to shut right the Come fuck on. up. <laughs> the heat shield's not bad. Like, it can tear. That's not going to fucking... It doesn't even make sense. It's dumb. It's not a problem. Just going to grab this rabbit. Okay. Next up in headlines, <laughs> we have a story about a free thinker and a follower of Jesus. And despite what those words mean, I'm talking about one person, not two. Like my <laughs> It's one guy claiming to be both. And of course, he's the fucking worst. His name is Jared Schmeck. And he called the NORAD Santa Tracker line along with his kids on Christmas Eve. And they all talked with Joe and Jill Biden. And at the end of the call, Mr. Schmeck said, let's go, Brandon, and hung up. And hugged. <laughs> yep. He claims he claims they hung up on him. Whatever. Uh -huh. That was the uh -huh. end of the call. He said, all right, Merry Christmas, Bidens. Let's go, Brandon. Hang up. If anyone's not familiar with that, by the way, that's code for fuck Joe Biden. But without having to say the naughty words so you don't get in trouble with mom. So, you know, Mr. Schmeck, uh, he got him. It's a classic free thinker. It's, it's comedic timing. Yeah. Nailed it. No, no, it's a great joke. It's, it's like uh, it's like ding dong ditch without all the gallantry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for this invitation to the White House, Mr. Biden. I'm just going to light this bag of poop on fire <laughs> to get you. <laughs> so 
<laughs> in response to this guy, Mr. Schmeck, being a giant asshole and having an aptronym almost, a bunch of the internet pointed out that he's a giant asshole. And actually, they pointed out that he has an aptronym almost. And now, Mr. Schmeck is in a snit because he was just using his freedom of speech and uh, all these people are violating his freedom by using their speech. He got confused there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. tried to complain about it. So he started saying like disconnected words about the Constitution and Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Naturally, that's what you say next. And according to Schmeck, he said, I'm not a Trumper, but I'm a free thinker and a follower of Jesus. He also added, quote, I understand there's a vulgar meaning to let's go, Brandon. But I'm not that simple-minded, sick. Biden seems like a cordial guy. There's no animosity. Uh, it was merely just an innocent jest to also express my God-given right to express my frustrations <laughs> in a joking manner. Oh, it was... And really labored sentence quote that he had trouble putting it was, together. It was an innocent joke to express the joke you wanted to express as a joke. I got you. So his... And it was merely just... It was merely well, just oh, that. Oh, merely no. just that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So wait. So his response to you're an asshole was eventually <laughs> yes but i was an asshole on purpose right. though i was yeah. a purposefully exactly. an asshole i believe you mean hoops are an asshole <laughs> <laughs> i get to vote so yeah god gave everyone the right of jokey deflection of your inner frustration about knowing deep down that you're a meaningless asshole from a tom roast during vulgarity for charity <laughs> that was in the bible it was like uh, ephesians or something but regardless Schmeck is a liar. It wasn't just a joke. He does have animosity, and he is that simple-minded. Right after the phone call, he posted a video of that conversation on his YouTube channel with the caption, We talked to President Biden on Christmas Eve. Hashtag Let's Go Brandon. And during an interview last week, Schmeck said his super clever fuck you during a Christmas Eve call with his kids <laughs> yep. was based on frustration with Biden's policies. He mentioned which policies, by the way. Those were uh, vaccine mandates, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. inflation, what? <laughs> Biden's policy of inflation. Right, yeah. yeah, I bet Schmake's really affected by those. The yeah, no, and he, yeah, he's, he's studied a lot of, you know, macroeconomics. He knows how that works. Runs the World Bank, does he? <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, there's money supply in and out. He, he meant a lot of stuff that he didn't say there. One other policy he didn't like was the global supply chain problem. Biden policy of that. Biden's yeah. global policy. Yeah. Okay. Of supply chain problems. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know that moment in a superhero movie where like for no reason whatsoever, everyone's mad at Superman because Lex Luthor blew up a thing and Superman is like, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's the political version of that. It's just like, oh, you let the green goblin blow up that tower, Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah. I'm on J. Jonah Jameson's side now. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Also, just a quick background on Jared Schmeck. He's a former police officer <laughs> who resigned in 2018 after, I think, six years on the force. And now his job is answering the phone at the electrician business owned by his dad. And when asked why he resigned during that same interview, Schmeck answered, pass. So... <laughs> Uh, I guess we don't know. It's probably one of those noble resignations from the police force to work at your dad's company as the phone answering person. And you just don't feel like talking about it that day. That's probably what happened there. Yeah. And now people are being mean to him on the Internet, which is not fair. He, he's also getting what he described as 
vague but threatening phone calls. What? And those sound super real. Oh, that sounds real. Right. Do the callers blurt out a coded fuck you, Adam? Because I, I have a good authority <laughs> that that's just their God-given right to do. <laughs> they're expressing, they're meaning about the expressing. <laughs> of the lighthearted jest. Of just the merely. Beat. Okay, but think about this horrible guy's life. You're such an asshole that now your dad has to let you go and change his business phone number. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> yep, that happened because that of the shitty business. thing you did in the middle of your children's <laughs> phone call about Santa. On Christmas Eve. Yep. This dude is going to wake up as a monster energy hat in a Kafka novel. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a Kafka play, but yeah, it's going to be great. Am I a Kid Rock CD? <laughs> How did I become a Kid Rock CD? Yeah. So, bottom line, just say fuck Joe Biden if you want to say yeah. fuck Joe Biden. Sure. Just be honest. I mean, if I got on the phone with Donald Trump somehow and I just heard him tell a seven-year-old moments before that her belief in Santa Claus is probably, quote, marginal at that point. That's a real thing that happened <laughs> yes. when Trump was in charge of taking these calls on Christmas Eve. That was like three years ago. He really said that. To a seven-year-old. But if I had the chance to tell Donald Trump to go fuck himself, I might do that. But I'd say go fuck yourself because I'm a goddamn grown-up who just <laughs> says go fuck yourself. I'm not a child who has to dive into the bushes after that. <laughs> what I meant to express by the bushes. <laughs> and in putting the Satan in Santa news. If you were to head over to the Illinois State Capitol building this holiday season, you'd see a variety of festive displays. The nativity, a menorah, whatever the fuck people in Illinois could think of for Kwanzaa. And thanks to the folks over at the Satanic Temple, an adorable swaddled baby Baphomet. So you know what that means, Anna? What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. That's right. Christians are losing their minds over the adorable little lightbringer, starting with Catholic Bishop Thomas John Papraki, who took a moment during the installation of the State House's Christmas nativity scene to say that Satanism, quote, should have no place in this capital or any other place, end quote. Any place in any place, huh? <laughs> yeah. Not adding, <laughs> now let's get back to the very serious matter of putting up a statue of the time God turned himself into a baby <laughs> so he could grow up and die so he could eat his flesh and drink his blood because we masturbated. <laughs> I'm an adult. With a driver's license, take me seriously. This is serious. <laughs> so, and hey, not quote. <laughs> very important safety warning while we're on the subject. Bishop Thomas John Paparaki should never be combined with Bishop Thomas John Coca-Cola. That is very dangerous. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. So Bishop Paparaki wasn't the only Christian losing their cool. The Catholic group American Defense of Tradition, Family and Property showed up to protest the like little thing in person wearing their silliest of robes and holding signs that said, I shit you not, these are real. Satan has no rights. And my favorite, be gone, Satan. Mary crushes the serpent. <laughs> oh, well, in that what? case. <laughs> All right. So I don't know that anybody invented Losing their cool, but a Catholic group called American Defense of Tradition, Family and Property seems like the <laughs> likeliest candidate. <laughs> yeah. They, so, okay, tradition, I get it, but they also defend family. Okay. And property, though? Right. That's the 
property at the end. It's like a libertarian kid from the Make-A-Wish Foundation was at their first meeting and they let him help. He's like, <laughs> and property. Mary crushes the serpent. Don't step on Sneg. I don't know. And they like let him do all this shit. Now I'm going to go feed the bear some donuts. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, no Christian freakout would be complete without a MAGA cultist slash terrifyingly running for and or in office. And in this case, it was State Representative Darren Bailey, who's not going to be Illinois' governor, but wrote on Facebook, quote, their evil satanic display of the baby Baphomet meant to mock the millions of Christians in Illinois is vile and has no place in our state capital. I am calling on my colleagues and every elected official in Springfield to stand up and demand this evil mockery of faith not be allowed in our capital, end quote. Yeah, no, it's time somebody stood up to those laws. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, they, they need to stand up to a a rock with carbon because because that's a mockery of their faith too. True, and uh, stand up to circles, the geometrical concept, and giraffes. There's a lot. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good work by the Satanic Temple once again. The fake religious version of bigot says what. Guaranteed to always get the loudest and most prominent what possible. Isn't it, though? And in Space Farce News, according to a forthcoming book by Cambridge religious scholar Reverend Dr. Andrew Davison, NASA recently enlisted the aid of 24 theologians to help answer the question of how people react if and when we confirm the existence of extraterrestrial intelligence. What? And I, I mean, not for nothing, but... <sighs> And already wrote a little jingle about it. We've already played it in the show. We've got a Patreon page now, so I feel like we could have saved you a little time and 24 theologians. Yeah. In other news, we've also asked 24 cats to answer the question, how would people react if a super delicious race of mice landed on Earth? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, Christian buddy, you got an alien in your mouth there? Uh, you, yeah, yeah, you got to uh, drop it on my porch. You, oh, cool, <laughs> yep, cool. Uh, cool. Go get vaccinated, please. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> This wonderful use of taxpayer money apparently went to the Center for Theological Inquiry, a department I'm sure the real academicians at Princeton are super happy to share resources with. Apparently, the upcoming book's author is one of the 24 theologians that contributed to the study in a desperate effort to sneak Christianity into a sentence with smart people words like astrobiology in it. And in case you're wondering the extent to which this money was flushed, Davison said in his announcement about the book that the most important question they answered with the funds was how many alien Jesuses there were. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? Apologies for how convoluted his sentence structure is here, but, but this is the quote. Quote, it's amazing. The most significant question there is probably whether one would respond theologically to the prospect of life elsewhere in terms of there having been many incarnations or only the one theologians talk about as Jesus, end quote. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just an alien. Jesus? No, but you guys got Muhammad, right? Everyone in the Federation <laughs> got Muhammad. <laughs> Um, we just had upstate New York guy. He's the worst. Did you have that guy? <laughs> Very racist. Now, to be fair to NASA, this isn't quite the complete waste of money that a lot of atheist media has made it out to be. Like it or not, how bad are y'all going to freak out when we find aliens is a question with important ramifications across society. And well, there's something to be said for giving that assignment to, say, sociologists or people who study real shit. Oh, there's like a job for that. Yep. Well, yeah, but it's not like they haven't also done that. Plus... I feel like giving some head start money to the people who are actually going to have to make up the new bullshit might not be the worst idea. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Counterpoint. If four years ago we had asked 24 theologians if religion would be the single most prominent source of spreading and worsening a pandemic, they probably would have said no. So I feel like we're getting into toddler chore chart territory here, right? Like we can give out stickers. Yeah, but. I feel like Princeton theologians would have admitted, oh, yeah, no, they're going to fuck it all up. Yeah, because you'd have to check the temperature on their foreheads. They'll freak out about it. I, I think they, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. They're studying at a really fancy toddler chore chart university. Like that's what's <laughs> happening there. That's the degree they're getting. Well, yeah, that's true. You sunny optimist, no illusions. <laughs> <laughs> And finally tonight in inner circle circle dot dot. <laughs> well done, sir. Apparently there is a contagious and dangerous conditions that Christians care about spreading on their college campuses. That condition is demons. Huh? Cool. And at least allegedly that was the case at Rima Bible Training College in Oklahoma, who as of this week are being sued for spreading the rumor that a former student had contagious demons when he went there. But, but, <laughs> okay, okay, but that's not a real thing. No. Though, right? like, like telling people <laughs> that they have a case of the Mondays, that's not a HIPAA violation because it's not a real thing. Yeah, well, Monday is a real thing. Right, though, no, so that's realer. That. It is dumber. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so according to one... Marcus Lee, the Sue-er, when he was a student at the school, they, quote, disseminated among other students and staff that I had contagious demons, thereby endangering my life, causing me emotional distress and ruining my reputation, end quote. Oh, well, to, OK, but to be fair to Rima Bible Training College, ruin your reputation is one of the bullet points in their brochure, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, and at least according to Mr. Lee, this got pretty serious. Again, quote, one student with whom I stayed was so upset when he heard the accusations that he sent people out after me to do me harm. I had to move out in a hurry and I was literally chased out of town, end quote. You were literally out of town? So, so the angry throng had a very specific jurisdiction? <laughs> <laughs> they stopped? Yeah, they're like, oh, y'all, he's out. We got to call the county lynch mob for this shit. Hold on, let me get him on the horn. Yeah. It's like Grand Theft Auto when you drive, like, past the, the yeah. cops, they get to, the yeah. star goes away. Here's the thing, though. I think he's lying. I think he's lying. Yeah. I think he, I think he's a liar who lying, who's dying, lying right now. Also, if a pitchfork mob thinks you have a contagious demon, it's your job to use that, right? Yep. That's, it seems like that's a good weapon for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now, Heath, you're about to feel really silly because if he was lying, would he be asking for $15 million in compensation? <laughs> yeah, no. Egg on my so face. So your reputation was worth, in your mind, your, while you were at Rima Bible College, your reputation was worth 15 large. Uh, just huh? over $15 million. yeah. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Lee, whatever you make in this lawsuit, I will double it. I will make a matching donation to your lawsuit there. Going full vulgarity for charity on this one. So, yeah, unlikely to succeed on the not merits this lawsuit. But just in case it does, it is 2021 after all. I like to point out that as a whole, Christianity owes me and Heath and Noah about 86 bajillion dollars and counting right, right. now. Right, so, yes, all yeah. the emotional distress of the hell yeah. that I'm going to go to. Yeah, we're up next. Absolutely. And on the reminder that the law is broken and we're all fucked, we're going to close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. 
Jumanji. And when we come back, Tom and Cecil will be back to finish up the last of our Vulgarity for Charity roasts. In the same year. What? Well, it wouldn't exactly be vulgarity for charity if it didn't run long. Now, we're in no danger of running for months like the last one did, but we did have some stuff left over from last week. So without further ado, we're going to be rejoined by Tom and Cecil from the Cognitive Dissonance podcast for some charitable roasts already in progress. Heath, I got another one here for you. Catherine would like a roast for her ex-friend, Carlo, a.k.a. Fuck this. Okay. <laughs> this what is amazing. Is this, this photo? It's, fucking, um, it's a pirate doing an infomercial. I'm looking at a pirate in an infomercial. Absolutely 100% what's happening. He's about to drop an armful of swords because there must be a better way. And he's also clearly using that infomercial shoot to get a pick for his Tinder bio. So he's got a secret. But he won't tell unless you call him in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> also, Catherine, hey, no judgment for past dating mistakes. Hell, there are women out there who in their younger and more foolish days dated Heath. Okay. But my dude looks like the hip flask of Zorro. Aim higher, girl. You gotta. You gotta. He looks like too much salt bay. <laughs> he looks like the fourth or fifth musketeer that's like wait up guys wait up and it was just three because they didn't wait up it's the worst if there was a little turner you could do it at a brazilian steakhouse for sexual harassment this is who would show up at your table <laughs> you could shave a little bit of sexual harassment off the side of the thing no, I turned it over. I don't want any more. I turned over the thing. I'm I'm done with that. Okay. Uh, no, back. both sides mean sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Noah, you are up next. Peter would like a roast for Father Brian Jerebek. Yeah, Peter didn't share much information about him, but that's okay because this picture is one of those thousand words kind of things. Jesus, imagine if Sarah Huckabee Sanders was like a male plumber. <laughs> I swear, this motherfucker would look like a child rapist even without the collar. And I love this detail. <laughs> Apparently, he lied to Peter about what it would take for Peter to get excommunicated from the church because they're so desperate for members that they have some like unsubscribing from Facebook type maze they present you with now and you want out. <laughs> She's a way to admit how few people would purposely belong to your club Catholicism. <laughs> you can snatch the crucifix for, oh, you got it, all right. <laughs> but hey, Brian, look on the bright side. As you pointed out in your letter, he's an anti-vaxxer who spends his time in crowded rooms, so you know, he'll probably be dead soon. Yeah, there's like, always a oh, silver yep, lining. Very likely. <laughs> <laughs> and Cecil, Todd would like a roast of the political idea of conservatism. Oh, you mean the don't pass go of the political <laughs> world? Right, yeah, <laughs> also, the don't pass bills of the political world. <laughs> political ideology is like freshly squeezed. I don't wanna from some dirty face brattling. You're not just the do nothing party. You're a stop everything party. At least if you were a do nothing party, you'd get the fuck out of the way once in a while. Instead, you're the political equivalent of a guy who's so mad someone slipped past him on the highway, he spends the rest of the trip brake checking them. <laughs> <laughs> the party. Yeah. Yeah. Conservatism is a political philosophy 
the way shitting your pants is a style of riding an elevator. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you might think you're doing, you look like a monster and you're ruining it for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. So, Eli, this next one's for you. Cass would like a roast of creation, but she would like you to do it as God. Ooh, all right. Uh, Morgan, can you give me a bit of boomy voice here, please? Whoa, what happened? Sorry, I was absolutely wasted and oh, shit, what did I do? Is that a planet with people on it? Oh, fuck, I didn't even get rid of the eyeball parasites before I put them on there. Damn. Oh, I gotta clean this up with some water. Oh, fuck, a few of them survived and now they're fucking their dad. Okay. Think, God, think. Because you know there's going to be millions of them any second. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'll kill my own kid. That'll make me feel better about what I did to me. Nailed it. Who wants a jello shot to celebrate, huh? All right. So, uh, Tom, I'm going to have you bat a little cleanup for us here. Karen donated for us to roast her former coworker, Tammy, way back in 2019, and somehow Eli's immaculate system missed it, so why don't you make it right for her here? Way to go, Eli. Eli. Alright, uh, Tammy is described here as a boomer who refuses to learn any new computer skills, and I feel personally at that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Karen, have you stopped to consider that maybe it's not that Tammy refuses to learn new skills, but I mean, maybe she's just too stupid to learn. You know, maybe she's not capable, Karen. Maybe you ought to take it easy on Tammy. Consider it might be that Tammy feels the rising tide of panic tugging at her all the time. Maybe she can see progress rising and rising, and she knows she can't swim, and she's scared of even trying to tread that water. Maybe Tammy knows that the world is moving at a pace she can't keep up with, and that every day that she closes her eyes at night, she's closing her eyes on a world spinning outside of her control and outside of her ability to keep pace, and she feels that water rising, Karen. Every day, she's just struggling to fool one more person until the inevitable moment when she succumbs to the force of progress she can never hope to understand and sinks, finally choking on her ineptitude. <laughs> I'm a little Tammy, too. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I'm a little Tammy, too. We're all yeah. a little bit Tammy. <laughs> hey, the best roasts come when you look on the inside, right? So. Tammy, here's the key. You got you to close one eye when you're falling asleep and the world's spinning outside of your control and you're too drunk. That's the, You get the spins like the existential spins, one eye at a time. There you go. <laughs> all right. So it's time for all of us to pile onto our top donors for the fundraiser. Or I'm sorry, right? We're going to pile on their victims. Well, you know what? It depends on the amount. We really are going to go other way with this. If they hate puns, if they rank us uh, yeah, for attractiveness, exactly. it Who was number three? Who was number three? Do you really want to know who was three? I do. I want to know who three was. We all know who it is. It's just hurtful. It's hurtful. And I don't think we all, I don't think we need we, to bring okay. it up during Tom's roast and then search for roast number 163 on the document and then find it there. The order that it is. Oh, no. We don't I don't like do being second from last. That hurts all right. a lot. That's all right. Oh, is that hard for you, Tom? Sorry. It is. It is, Mr. Laugh. Is it hard to rank only above Eli? <laughs> I don't like to be next to Eli at any rank. What are you kidding me? Keith, what's in the box? What's in the box, Keith? We all beat somebody. We all lost somebody. Well, almost all of us. So... But we're we're moving on to other roast other other donors as well here. We have to roast Josh Hawley for Daniel and Ben who kicked in the big bucks for the roast. 
All right. Josh Hawley's front part is trying to escape his fucking head. <laughs> I know he thinks he's going for the careless quaff of the big boy mascot, but it doesn't look like that, Josh. It looks like your hair is seceding based on proximity to your brain, and I don't blame it. Also, like, so it, every single picture I've ever seen of him or whenever I see him on video or whatever, he looks like he's trying to actively grow a mustache. <laughs> Right, he's straight in his lip muscles, trying to push out some hair, sort of suck back the skin. He, he also, according to his voting record, is the most pro hate crime senator in American history, and his record as Missouri's AG does nothing to tarnish that reputation. By the way, okay, so I stared at the picture for a while. Noah fucking figured it out. Josh Hawley is trying so goddamn hard to actively grow his mustache, like minute to minute. That's what he's doing. All the time. I looked at multiple pictures of him. They all look like that. And when you do that, when you try to actively really hard grow your mustache, that means sometimes you shit yourself. <laughs> look at this goddamn picture. There is no other explanation. I'm looking at a guy who is like, mustache, 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 way too hard, and he shat himself. That's what, that's what I'm like. And now he's like, yeah, but still worth it. You know what? Still worth it. I got a little bit of mustache going and I'm keeping this photo. Yeah. Because this photo that I pasted here for you guys to look at. Oh my God. Is from his website. Oh, this is his personal yeah. website. Right. Like if there were congressman trading cards, this would be his picture on it. Yeah. This, yeah. this no. is his rookie card. There is 0% chance there is not shit in that suit that he's wearing <laughs> right now. Uh, Josh Hawley looks like a racist Frank Hardy on the cover of the Lost Tiki Torches of January 6th. <laughs> like, also like a hardy proud boy. Right. <laughs> also, he looks prolapsed. Like if prolapsed <laughs> yeah. could be a senator yeah. from Missouri. Okay. And I think it's very clear that it can. That senator would be Josh <laughs> Hawley. Okay. Yeah. In fairness, it might not be shit. It might be an anus. His yeah. actor might true. be. Yeah. That's what's in the It can be both. It can be both. It's probably both. The benefit though, Heath, is one day he's going to be on the shitter and he's going to be stressing and then pop a Hitler mustache. He's just going to get a right sweet ass like mustache. Right into, yeah. Boom. Just like right underneath his nose there. <laughs> Tom Selleck. Holly. Very consciously closed his open hand to a fist when he raised fist saluted the January 6th yes. trees and his shitheads on his way into Congress. He had a whole conversation <laughs> with himself before he got out of the car. He practiced this for hours in the mirror the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it closed. Keep it closed. All right. Watch Dr. Dr. Strange. Strange love. Yeah, yeah, you beat me to it. How dare you? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So I like, I love this one. How about some choice words for the very concept of standing for Josh? <laughs> That's such a good pick. It is. Standing <laughs> is the worst. It is balancing for no fucking reason. <laughs> right? We are well, the only species I mean, that evolved to do a thing that is a fucking circus trick for every species <laughs> but ours. <laughs> Bring back all four. I'm with you, dude. You know what? Support. I'm with, yeah. What am I, a fucking soldier? I'm not going to, st standing is punishment, right? Standing is so bad that we had to invent leaning, right? <laughs> I mean, there's, look, there's no leaning for sitting. 
There's no meaning for lying down. Those are all like those are the static positions that make fucking sense. Standing sucks so bad that we're like, all right, I'll do it, but this fucking wall's gonna help though. <laughs> the worst part about standing is that your body eventually just starts resembling a letter. It's never lowercase L nope. either, by the way. It's a no. droopy B or a sad S. <laughs> you start out great, and then you wind up lazy penmanship. Do, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck standing. I'm really happy about this request. I am 40 years old. I have the posture of Larry King at this point. Somehow. I have the posture of Larry King trying to sit in lotus position and do a meditation and a yoga class. That's me standing, by the way. I'm describing my standing posture. And it's even worse if you're tall. I bartended for a bunch of years. I bartended 14 hours at a time with Everything at goddamn knee yeah. level because that's where it goes. <laughs> the end of the night, I look like a fucking question mark was melting. Was <laughs> yeah, I read once that humans evolved to stand so we could look up above the grasses of the savanna and spot predators, which I think is complete bullshit. We clearly evolved to stand so that the discs in our back could like sploosh out and press against our spinal nerves from being under constant unyielding pressure that we never properly evolved to avoid. Like, spend one day standing in line at the grocery store with the weight of your body pressing on a nerve exiting your spine and you'll be like, puss, puss, pusting for lions to come eat you before you can clear the impulse. <laughs> Alright, so who's got something to say about Christina's boss, Captain Derek? Oh, Derek looked like he's trying to read his IQ off the top of an eye chart, and he's still failing. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like straight Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Which means he has no idea how to dress himself, and it looks like he cut his hair with a weed whacker, man. What, <laughs> what so the bad. fuck is up with his Flintstone-ass kid from a creepy Victorian photograph hairdo? <laughs> And I don't know if this is just the picture or what, but he very clearly has resting, challenging defecation face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looks like he wants a lot of milk in his life, but he never quite gets it because, you know, milk is hard. Milk is hard. In the photo we got, he was definitely having lots of trouble opening a milk somehow. <laughs> And then he noticed the person with the camera and he pretended he wasn't really frustrated with how little milk he was getting because he couldn't open the thing. And he did a fake smile. That's him. That's what was happening there. All right. So Molly tossed us $3,500 and would like a roast of people who say yuck or gross about her pets. And while we're at it, we should also roast her dad, Phil, as well. Ugh, I'm sorry. I can barely stand to look at this scaly, grotesque monster. I mean, the eyes alone... They just, they freak me out. Like, they just tell you this thing doesn't have a soul. The lizards are cute, though. Just not the dead. <laughs> I'm talking about the dead. The lizards are adorable. Right? I know a lot of people are down on you for your lizard pets and them not having fur, but I think that if you started referring to them as your skin baby, they would think you're talking about your dad. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Or your scale baby. Yeah, either or. Yeah. Okay. I know it looks like we got a photo with the lizards and then a second photo with the dad. I actually zoomed out of the second photo, and that is a gecko on a rock. That's what, that is what we're looking at. Yes, the gecko is disowning its lesbian daughter because it's an asshole bigot Morgan, but but it's a gecko. It's a Mormon gecko. Yeah. No, right. So speaking of it, your pets are fucking awesome. I'm guessing that given the chance, they'd save you a hell of a lot more than 20% on your car insurance. <laughs> but 
okay, and I mean this for real, your dad looks like something that Cuphead would fight. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, he looks like the byproduct of some bygone, problematic era of animation, and, and we just overlook how shitty he looks out of politeness. I, what, what I'm saying is his appearance is a lot like his religious beliefs. <laughs> yep. Tom just Googled Cuphead. I literally just did. Did you hear Tom, me doing it? Tom just Googled yeah. it's a it's a video game, Tom. God, I oh, was, what the I fuck want is that? Tom to play Cuphead. New goal. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know what it is because you called me out before I could surreptitiously read it. <laughs> Here's our goal for next year. Tom will play the first level of Cuphead on hard until he beats it. <laughs> the fuck is Cuphead? I love that Tom wanted to surreptitiously learn about it, but he wouldn't type C-U-P-H-E-N-T <laughs> by hand. He's like, I'm going to copy and paste with my mouse. Hey, you got, I got a loud keyboard. You hear the fuck? There's no winning with no, you people. See, There's no we winning. We can see it. You can see your cursor. It's cuffed. Okay, next time you send a picture of your dad to us, I'm really going to need you to tag that not safe for work. Not... <laughs> It doesn't have like nudity or anything like that, but I just, I want it to get flagged by my IT department when I try to write these roasts when I'm at work and I want the file destroyed for all of time. <laughs> your dad asked if you loved your husband enough to spend all of eternity with him. And at first I was like, well, that's really offensive. But then I realized like if I woke up every day as your dad, I too would be dubious that anyone would want to spend 10 minutes with me, much less eternity. Seriously, fuck, your Mormon dad believes he's going to die and get his own planet. And I fucking hope he's right. And all the immensity of interstellar space keeps his ugly fucking mug as far from you and me and everyone else with eyes as possible. Fuck. Your dad's so ugly. Uh, all right. So last but very far from least, our top donor for the second year in a row with a whopping $10,666 donation. Brutal. Amazing. God damn. Bradded Lori would like a roast of Washington State Senator Doug Erickson, Ooh. who died. Of COVID. <laughs> so he died of COVID after they made the request. Uh, it's so amazing. <laughs> but before we got to <laughs> it, yeah, so. yeah, your ten thousand dollars is a Herman Cain award. So we're not going to roast him the best that anyone's roasted him this year. So I'd like to start with Womp Womp. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That we've joked occasionally on this show about how some donations to this fundraiser are killing people money. And, <laughs> oh, no. and now, oh, no. I just, oh, no. I just want to point out that the person our top donor wanted roasted is dead of the COVID he desperately tried to help spread. Am I a god? Yes, I am a god. <laughs> How do people not see this yet? You send me your prayers. I manifest them. <laughs> Alpha and the Omega, and I was last in the attractiveness list, and that's going to stay with me for such a long time. Nobody said you were last. I was Nobody told you to check. I, was last. I know you checked. Now I you've checked. checked. I was last. Okay. I find you very attractive. So, okay, just a quick thing before we keep going. We actually just got a really big, like just now, a really big donation from listener Heath Schmenwright, who <laughs> wants a roast of Brett Kavanaugh right now. <laughs> so I'll see if I can work that in too. $10,667. Yeah, it was one more. And that's official. Um, but for, first I'll do Doug Erickson, um, who kind of looks like Brett Kavanaugh, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. He used to look like Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> he, he used to look like a shitty white guy who didn't die of COVID yet. <laughs> there you go. Eli, manifest, uh, please. Uh, well, whatever metaphor I was planning to use to describe him before, 
He looks like that and a lot more dead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just imagine <laughs> that. Yes. What I was going to say and then add dead to that. He's a Trump supporting Republican that traveled to other countries to make sure their elections were secure. He's the hypocritiest hypocrite who ever hypocrited. That's all in the past tense because I'm uh-huh. not sure I mentioned it, but he's dead. <laughs> From COVID because he's stupid. <laughs> so I just want to say those and things. He championed COVID all the way. He's dead. Yes. Oh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh has COVID. It's just I'm look. I'm I'm checking. I'm googling something. Google so, it. No, go ahead. Right, yeah, Copy no, no. paste. <laughs> no one will notice. <laughs> so, but to be fair to this motherfucker's hypocrisy. So one of the elections he oversaw was a phony election by a brutal authoritarian dictator that Erickson called, quote, very free, very fair, end quote. And the U.S. ambassador to the country called, quote, a fucking sham. All right, he just said a sham. He didn't say fucking. And, and, and the other one was so blatantly fraudulent that the incumbent president sent large military contingents to all the polling places to shoot people who showed up to vote wrong. And Erickson called all that show of force, quote, reassuring. And also, he he always looks like they made the high school tennis coach teach civics again. And he's trying to avoid admitting that he doesn't understand your question. Oh, he does. (laughs) He does. (laughs) So they say you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead. So I won't. But I will roast his family. (laughs) God damn. Yeah. No, they're alive. Hey, Doug Erickson's widow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're Tom. fucking fine. They're God fine. God damn it, Tom. Hey, Doug Erickson's widow. <laughs> Enjoy being a single mother for two kids because he chose to make a family with a guy who ended his career stranded in El Salvador, dying of a disease he worked tirelessly to promote. Yes. Tonight, when <laughs> oh, you look God. your children in their tear-streaked faces and your house feels <laughs> oh, too Jesus empty, Christ. remember empty that this all week. of you are responsible for this. <laughs> you helped make this happen. You enabled and supported it. And this pain and this loss, this has been replicated 800,000 times over. And the man you chose to marry helped to make that happen. The terrible loss, the empty, hollow sadness and confusion that keeps you up at night, that is exactly what your dumb, fuck, selfish husband wished upon the world and advocated for. So when you bury your children's father, I hope you remember that the way you feel now is the same way hundreds of thousands of other families have felt over the last two years, and I hope this loss stays with you, that it lingers and never fades at all, and that if you wonder, was there more that I could have done, that you always know the answer was yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I so want to end right there. I can't, right? I can't end the whole fundraiser right there, but I so want to because that's the the exact right. Yeah, exactly. Sign up. Brett Kavanaugh recovered, by the way. He God got damn it. At the beginning of October. He's fucking Fuck, first now. the fucking rankings That's- now, Brett Kavanaugh? You're ruining my night, Heath. You're ruining my night. I mean, he could get it. He got Maybe he got Delta now. He's going to get Omicron. He's a fucking dumb person. Fucking. It's, fingers crossed. I bet that lady thinks I'm hotter than Brett Kavanaugh. I'm number three and it's Brett Kavanaugh. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we sign off for yet another year... Though Kyle Rittenhouse was admittedly our most hated person of the year, there was a type of person that drew even more ire, and they've already come up recently. We received no less than 26 requests Wow! to roast anti-maskers slash anti-vaxxers. And when it comes to a hatred that potent, we have no choice but to ask the one and only Anna Bosnick to write a song that properly expresses what a bunch of fucks these people are. So, without further ado, Anna? 
whole empty vexer. You're leaving us all behind. Don't get a mask up. Pay the CDC and no mind. You say you did your own research, but you don't know what that means. And so you think you know better than epidemiologists. Do your conspiracy theories, query me, dearie. Shut your face. You're putting others in a dangerous fucking place. We're in trouble. always Anna thank you so much and of course as we wrap this up for 2021 I need to thank everybody who donated if you didn't get your roast read on air I'm so sorry but don't let that dissuade you from trying again next year and of course Tom Cecil thanks so much for helping make this thing such a success thanks for inviting us along man it's been a blast it's a privilege man Before we drop our balls tonight, I want to thank you for all your support in 2021. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to thank you for the part that you play in giving me a reason to look forward to 2022. Anyway, that's all the blast we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 p.m. Eastern on Monday, and an even newer episode of our sister show's Hot Friend God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, they couldn't drop the ball in Times Square if I didn't close out the year thanking Heath Enright for being such a winner that he 2021. I also want to thank Eli Bosnick, who's a winner 2022. I also want to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for not divorcing me over those last couple of puns. I want to thank Tom and Cecil for busting ass to help us get all of the Bulgarity for Charity stuff done within the calendar year that it started. I also want to thank Anna for always elevating every episode she's on. I also want to thank Jody from Orlando for providing this week's Farnsworth quote, but most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people, Robert, Alex, Katzabegan, Wes, EJ, Turner, Connor, Christy, Silvershot, Grant, Brendan, and help your lymphocytes and get vaccinated. 
Robert Alex Casavegan and Wes CJ, who are so sexy, the ball in Times Square would drop early if they showed up. Turner Counter Christie and Silvershack, whose IQs give years orders of magnitude envy, and Grant Breenden and Lymphocytes, who are hot enough to light a sparkler off of. Together, these 11 enviable emissaries of empiricism emphasize their endorsement of our enmity this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the money it takes to give us money, but if you do, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad free version of every episode, or you can make a one time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but gestures at everything, you can also help a ton by leaving us a five star review, telling a friend about the show, and following at PIATPod on Twitter. Legal services for this podcast are provided by law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robson handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Did you get the Resident Evil remake yet? No, I can't handle scary games. Uh, it's That one is less scary, just a heads up. It's more of an action game, right. um, and it works really well in VR. There's zombies running at you. It's scary. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.